Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 234 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Blair Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? Hello. Happy Sunday. Good to be back once again. How you doing, Rich? Doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to talking about some of these uh, very interesting topics today. <laughs> um, we're also joined by uh, Ms. Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? That's good. And we are joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good, Rich. A uh, lot to unpack today. Some good stuff to touch on and some things to kind of, you know, discuss overall. So I'm ready. Absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, we will not be joined by Mr. Max Muller today because he had to take care of some other business. So we'll definitely see him on a future show. But uh, yeah, pretty much uh, there was a couple of things that happened newsworthy this week, as well as something that happened today, which we will get into a little bit later. But uh, before we get into any of that, we want to let you all know what we have been playing. So, Mr. Lugo, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing? So I've been a busy bug as usual. I've been trying to get some stuff done on the website. So I've been doing a combination of playing some games, some new stuff, some betas, as well as also doing some other content, unboxing content that we have now on the website. So quickly... You know, after you guys check out this co-op live show, if you're watching it later, definitely check out our unboxing and impressions of the PlayStation Anthology book that we have up now on the website. It's, in my opinion, personal opinion, a must-own for any PlayStation fan, any PlayStation enthusiasts out there. Or if you're just curious about gaming history and things, you know, surrounding that, this is a must-own. Uh, and the cool thing is, is that we have that up now, but later this week, we're actually going to have one also from the same publisher, which is Geek Lines Publishing, for the N64 book that they have. It's all about the N64. So these are cool things that I'm fascinated with that we're lucky enough to bring to you guys. But besides that, and besides checking that out, uh, I've had chances to play, or at least had a chance to finally play Super Mario Odyssey. I finally got a copy for my Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm happy I was able to do so, and I've been addicted to it ever since I started it. That same day, that evening, I just was going all in, playing the game a lot, getting those moon sprites, and really, really, really having a lot of fun uh, with that game. It's definitely as good as what they say. This is probably would have been one of my game of the year picks, or at least, you know, something potentially to be game of the year if I played it back when it first came out. But at least I'm glad I'm able to play it now and I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait to dive into it more later today. Now, two of the other things I've been playing, which we'll probably get into in just a bit because I want to give some impressions. Uh, I've had a chance to dive into the Dissidia Final Fantasy NT beta, which I played a lot of the last few days, which is a stable beta. It's pretty good. As far as uh, compared to when it originally came out with its closed beta, the first time that it was put out on PlayStation 4, a lot of people weren't able to get into a lot of matches uh, because the, the matchmaking wasn't all that great. But this one seems like they've really improved. They've done a lot of whatever it is behind the scenes where I'm able to get into more matches, both in ranked and casual matches. Uh, the other thing that's pretty cool, too, is that they included other content that's going to be featured in the final version of the game. They have some cutscenes from the story mode, which, by the way, personally for me, I don't like the way that they've implemented your progress in the story mode. They've had this very, very uh, similar uh, approach to gaining uh, what's called tokens or story tokens or narrative tokens, as well as also treasures, which unlock various unlockables, including music, including outfits, including customizable weapons for your characters of the entire roster. It's very similar, if I had a good comparison to it, to Overwatch and to Destiny 2's uh, loot drop system. Basically, every time you finish a matchup or every time that you win a matchup, you gain a certain amount of experience towards your player level and towards your individual characters. So everybody that you choose on your team, your character and your teammates, 
you know, especially if they're AI uh, uh, controlled uh, partners, you actually gain experience for them depending on how the matches go. And every time they level up and every time you kind of progress in your player level, you gain these tokens to not only redeem for extra unlockables, but also to progress in the story mode. Now, personally for me, I don't think that's really good. If I'm playing a story mode, I want to be able to just play it through without any sort of restrictions to stop me from being in that mode to make me go play something else. I think that's really annoying. Now, from what they say in the beta, they say that uh, the story mode itself in the final release of the game is going to have battles in it that you're going to have to play through. You're going to have to finish and you're going to have to do all this different stuff. However, watching cutscenes and trying to advance to the next node on the story mode, because they have it on like this map nodes uh, type of layout where you'll be able to choose different paths, I'm guessing in the final release. Uh, I don't like the ability of just having to come out of there, go play uh, the arcade mode, which is just like the gauntlet that they have, or go play in the online modes in order to progress in the story. If I'm in the story, I want to stay in the story. So that's like it, the one real negative I could say about this game. But other than that, my only other nitpick from what I've seen in the open beta thus far, and having been exposed to the city of Final Fantasy for an extended period of time at this point, more I think more so with the, maybe the exception of Gary uh, on this panel, because I know me and Gary have played it at E3 and stuff. But basically, my biggest issue is with the matches is when your partners are constantly getting killed and you end up losing the match without any sort of influence to... Uh, was it to what your contributions are like let's say you're in a matchup against other opponents maybe online or against the computer and you're doing really well you're on top of your game your teammates could cost you the match really quickly before you know it and i think that's a problem i think that that kind of sucks and maybe it a part of it is due to some of the strategies and the approach to some of the battles you have to take you know you have to be a little bit more conservative or really play to supporting your teammates but depending on which character you choose and what role and type of character they are but in my experience playing a bunch of matches with the online beta, most of the time when I ended up losing was because my other two teammates were the ones that were getting dogged on or were getting just destroyed. Or even when something crazy would happen and it would be nothing involving me, it'd be like on the complete opposite uh, end of the map and all of a sudden we'll just lose the matchup. And that really sucks because when you're playing there and you feel like you're doing good or at least you're trying to contribute to stuff and all that happens without your influence, that could be a real downer. And that just doesn't happen online. Let me make that clear. That is obviously a thing that could happen with online matches against other players, but this happens frequently with the computer in the gauntlet. And to date, I mean, I've gotten close to finishing it, but to complete the gauntlet, you have to play through six matches. Sometimes I'll cap off at four or five because of that reason. It'll be because of like something really stupid. So that's at least my experience with the city of final fantasy uh, beta. And then finally I'll touch on really quickly because there's only so much to talk about with this beta. As of right now, the dragon ball fighter Z or dragon ball fighters beta that's going on right now. It's an open beta at the current moment. Yesterday it was an open beta for just the pre-orders for people that pre-ordered the game right now. And then previously to this, uh, uh, was it last year, or at some point in one of the months last year, they had a closed beta, which I was a part of, and I was able to play the game, at least in that regard. For now, I have not been able to get one game in with this game at this point. I've been all day before we've actually been uh, getting onto this co-op podcast, you know, to talk and stuff before we got on the show. I was on matchmaking for both ranked and casual matches for over an hour. And the sad part is, is that there's players there, there's people there, but for whatever reason, the matchmaking is just not good and just people are not getting matched up together to fight in the matches or at least play the game. You could go in there if, if you're finally able to log into the servers, which was a whole other issue in of itself when I first got online, but you're able to play the tutorials and actually go through the whole training mode and actually see some of the systems at work. But for whatever reason, a lot of people are just not getting matched up to fight each other in ranked or in casual matches. And that really sucks because it's not just me. It's a lot of other people. And that could also be 
for a number of different reasons for some of the servers on the different coast the the, the beta went live i believe at 3 a.m eastern standard time and already now at this point like we're past like 1 30 almost two o'clock now on the east coast and there's a huge number of problems so i'm hoping bandai namco does something because i don't want this to be in the final release granted the final release is gonna have other content's gonna have the arcade mode it's gonna have a story mode it's gonna have all these other stuff but a lot of the people that are get getting on top of this game are gonna be playing this game online and that would suck to have these types of problems there i want that same experience that i had with the other previous beta that i was a part of because when i played it then i was actually to get into matches really really quickly and there was a lot of people just as much now that had it back then that was part of the closed beta that signed up i mean granted obviously not everybody in the world so there's not as much stress on the servers and all the different types of stuff going on behind the scenes but there were still players on the servers that i was actually on like at least over 60 something people and it's the same thing here because each one of the servers in dragon ball fighters could hold up to about 64 people so i don't understand why is it that i'm not getting matched up to others you know to fight them so that's just my impressions that's what i've been up to i know it's a lot to swallow there's a lot to unpack hopefully by the later today things might have changed and then obviously when the game comes out you know for both decidia and also for dragon ball fighters we get some more insight of what's going on absolutely uh one thing i will say real quick i, I do know that uh right now they are talking about extending the beta um so i don't really know any details yet about how long they're going to extend it for but yeah the, i can also say i've had a lot of issues uh connecting in, into matchups in that game but i'll get into that when i talk about what else i've been playing but uh yeah sounds good so uh dana how about you let us know what you've been playing um <laughs> okay so um i guess it's just what would be what have we been playing what have we been unboxing segment um Basically, I want to say that I have been catching up on based books. And if you go on the Coalition website, you will see a review for two books that I did. I have two more coming up. Is um, DC Icons is starting to do their own. So it started with Wonder Woman, Batman. There's going to be a Catwoman series there's also superman that's coming up in 2019 basically i did a review for one of the batman books and it's wonderful love it another one is called war cross it's by the same author marie lou um her book is based on a video game called war cross and it's kind of similar to ernest klein's ready player one that's also so you can check that out on the website also coming up there is the wonder woman a part of the dc icon series and really quickly there's a jason siegel he wrote a video game based book called otherworld which is again similar to ernest klein's ready player one and i think because of the movie coming out we're going to see a lot of more books now far when it comes to what i've been playing i haven't been playing as much as other people so i'm, I'm going to be a little bit shorter playing um lego dimensions which is just something that I've been doing casually is just to like to tone down and relax. And because of the Batman DC icon book, I did start playing Arkham Asylum again, which is a really great, they're great companion pieces to together. I've, I've been playing. Sounds good. Yes. And I would definitely encourage everybody to check out the, those reviews as well on the website. I really uh, want to read that Warcross book as well. 
<laughs> it looks good. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you the Warcraft book for like you. You already know like the journey of the book that I've been on. And and I believe you both said you're looking forward to a Ready Player One, right? Because I know you've read that book, Gary. So uh, are y'all looking forward to the movie? Well, it's called Tracer. We'll yeah. say what? Go ahead, we'll Dan. Oh, no, I'm looking forward to the movie more than I was the book. To me, I would, I tried. I really did. But I didn't enjoy the book as much as Gary. Gary, for me, I think kind of overhyped it a little bit. So I was like expecting, because uh, like, this is the scene with Chucky. So I'm like expecting, where's Chucky? Where's Chucky? What's going on? You know, and it, it was okay. Uh, but I look forward to the movie. It's Steven Spielberg. And it's, you know, a whole bunch of video game characters. Okay, uh, two things to say about that. Um, firstly, I'm looking forward to the movie only because I saw Tracer in it. But before that, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't too enthusiastic. Like I thought, you know. It might be an okay film, you know, but I'm not expecting it to be like a masterpiece or anything. And as for the book, I've actually been accused of overhyping it before. Um, but like my thing is with Ready Player One is I'm a fan of the concept of the story uh, more so than the actual story and the writing itself. Like, isn't the most seasoned uh, novelist out there. So, no. you know, the actual writing isn't great. Like it's not, you know, you can't it's compare it to, and it's a lot of repetition. It's six. It's like sixty-one pages of him just explaining. Yeah. The game and the environment over and over and over again. Yeah, like I wouldn't, you, you know, I, I wouldn't compare this book to like classics or anything, you know, like classic books and stuff, but and classic literature, but but you know, the concept of the story is what I really love, and um, you know, I just I found some of the references cool too, like you know, the references to old you know 80s and 90s yeah. stuff i um, will say if you are an 80s fan or you was a part of that decade definitely check out that book and the movie solely based on how uh heavy detailed it is it's, it's very enriching yeah sounds good <laughs> all right so uh I'm going to go next and talk about what I have been playing. I did play a couple of things, so I'm I'm going to try to keep mine uh, relatively brief. Uh, I also did play or try to play the uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z beta. Um, I can say that I did try to play it yesterday. Now, I, I know that there were some people, a lot have said that you only get it, the beta, if you pre-ordered it. But yesterday, I was able to download the beta on Xbox One. Um, and I didn't pre-order the game, so I don't know if that was something that Microsoft did uh, just to give everybody uh, a chance early. I, I have no idea. But I had the same issues, uh, and that was that I couldn't get into a match. And then I tried again today on PlayStation, and I also couldn't get into a match. So they definitely need to figure out this issue. Uh, I know that they said they are going to extend it out a little bit further. That's good. Uh, because what I can say right now, based on my experiences with it so far, I definitely would not buy this game on day one. I would wait for them to sort out whatever issues they need to sort out with the servers. Um, and then maybe in the future I will consider it. But I definitely would not purchase that day one based on what I have experienced so far. So hopefully they figure it out because the game is out on January 26th. So uh, we'll see about that. Um, as for what else I've been playing, 
Uh, I actually went back to a couple of games that I didn't get a chance to play. So I got a chance to finally start Hellblade. And I would just say now, it, I, you know, I know that game got a lot of praise last year. I think it was is very much deserving of every of all the praise that it's got. First and foremost, it looks fantastic. Um, the story, from what I have played so far, it's 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 it has me very interested to see what happens next. They have a lot of different puzzles in there that they implement, and then of course the whole focus on mental health and what they're trying to tell as far as people dealing with that particular issue. I just think it's a very, very well done game. And the fact that this game only costs $30 makes me think to myself, there's a lot of games that you know cost a, a lot more to make um, that aren't even half as good as this game is so far. So I'm hoping that with this game coming out, you know, Ninja Theory did a great job on it from what I played so far, but with this game coming out, I'm hoping that there is more games of quality that we start to see in the future from other studios. Um, because th this game is just fantastic. You know, as I said, it's deserving of all the praise that it's gotten so far, and I haven't finished the game yet, but I will be done with it uh, this week because I know it's not too long of a game. But uh, definitely, definitely recommend for if, you, if you've been on the fence about this game, you should check it out. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, next up, I went way back, you know, considering that the inpatient is coming out uh, in about two weeks. I went way back and I started playing Until Dawn. Now, um, I have to say, you know, I don't know. I believe you played this game, Gary, or you started to play it. Uh, man, I, re I really love the game so far. Uh, I have absolutely no issues with it yet. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, you have to figure out these clues, so on and so forth. I, I just think it it's, it's awesome. And then, of course, you have everything that makes you feel as though you're watching, like if you watch a bad horror movie, uh, set in the woods, such as a Friday the 13th, so on and so forth. It has that kind of vibe to it. Um, and the characters, you know, some of them may appear to be uh, goofy, but they have different personalities. But it's just that it's the way that the game is so far, the way that it's been handled so far, I I'm enjoying it. Um, of course, I still have quite a ways to go in that game. I don't think I'm at the halfway point yet, but... Um, I understand that some people did complain about some of the motion controls, the different things you do in the game. I don't have an issue with any of that. I think it's it's really great, and I'm very curious to see uh, what Supermassive does with this series moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, Gary, you are going to say something, because I, I believe you did play this game. Yeah, I never actually beat it myself, but I did start to play it. and Because I remember, like, uh, before it was released... I, I kind of thought, like, what the hell is this? Like, you know, I, I thought I wasn't going to like it. But, um, yeah, after playing it, like, it seems like a decent game. And I just want to shout out, you know, a friend of the show, Ramiz Quadri, because he's still yet to play this game. And <laughs> me and Carl are always, like, you know, joking about it, like the fact that he hasn't played it yet, um, even though he has it. So, yeah, um, hopefully he'll hear what you said, and now he might choose to play it. Yeah, I hope he does. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised with the game, you know, and, and a lot of the actors and actresses, I've seen them in a whole bunch of other TV shows, so on and so forth. So instantly I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that person. So, yeah, it's a very interesting game for what it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have more to say on it once I finish it. Um, but, yeah, definitely, definitely worth checking out. And, of course, if you have PlayStation Plus, hopefully you downloaded it when it was free. Uh, if not, I mean, it's still worth picking up, but 
yeah, fun game so far. But um, that's pretty much all that I have been playing for this week. Uh, so Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Yeah, um, I did. Well, this week was a very busy week, so I didn't have as much time to play stuff. But I did, you know, uh, play the main two games that I've been playing recently, which is um, PUBG and Overwatch. Um, and Overwatch has kind of taken over my life again this week because, like, you know, the the over the Overwatch League launched officially this week. Um, it kicked off on uh, Wednesday. And yeah, I've been following that very closely, even covering it a little bit. And um, yes, it's very, um, it's an experience. It's a good experience seeing, you know, like a game you love and seeing people from all over the world play it to like its full potential. Like I'm amazed every time I see South Korea, like the South Koreans play Overwatch, like the things they do, the their aim, um, their strategies and everything. Like it's just, it, it makes me think about like what I'm doing on Overwatch. Like I'm, I'm literally just like you know wasting my time because I'll never be as good as these guys. Like you know they're they're on a whole nother level um, of skill and you know precision and everything like that. Uh, but it also makes you appreciate how big esports is growing as well. Like it's really becoming its own industry now. Um, and of course, you know, there's esports has always been you know. Um, it's been making a lot of money over the past few years and there's been a lot of other leagues, you know, like, uh, for league of legends and, um, you know, uh, Starcraft and other games like that. Um, but I never really paid much attention to it until now. And, you know, blizzard are now selling out arenas. They got their own arena. Um, they've got like a broadcast team commentators, you know, um, announcers and everything like that. Like seeing it all put together, it's like, kind of amazing you know like to think that gaming is just it's being compared with you know nfl and nba and wwe and all these other kind of sports broadcasts and stuff like that so yeah it's put in perspective a lot you know regarding esports for me but um yeah that that's pretty much my week of gaming sounds good yeah overwatch league is a big deal so if you're an Overwatch fan, definitely uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got a couple of topics to get into today. Uh, some pretty heavy stuff, other stuff, you know, a little light. But we're going to start off with the uh, impromptu Nintendo Direct that we got uh, towards the end of this week. Uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you basically give us a wrap-up of what you saw or what we all saw on uh, this week's uh, Direct? Yeah, sure. No problem. There was a couple of neat little nuggets of uh, reveals and good stuff that was in the mini direct. One of the things that I said, and I told you before we started recording this was that I'm not a fan of them having the directs be put out and without an announcement or without any sort of like setup prior to it. I think it's cool because it, it gets a little shock and it gets people on their toes and that's fine and dandy. But I felt like there would have been more eyes on it if they would have just, again, told everybody, this is when it's going to go up at this time and everybody would have paid attention to it or at least would have checked it out. I'm just not a fan of that with that type of uh, that type of approach to putting out new content, especially announcements for, for upcoming games throughout the year. But regardless, though, the mini direct went up. It was very short. It wasn't all that long compared to what we've gotten in the past with other Nintendo directs. Uh, we've got some new games for the Nintendo Switch. It was mostly a Nintendo Switch-focused direct 
that had a lot of games that are coming out this year that do have dates or at least have release windows within the first half, I should say, of 2018, which is pretty cool. We got a couple ports from Wii U games that are coming over to the Nintendo Switch, which I think is great, including Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, which was Hyrule Warriors basically on the 3DS, or at least the Hyrule Warriors on the Wii U with all the extra DLC combines within and other additional content into one package, but now for the Nintendo Switch, which I think is great for people that love that series, that love that game. We have a review of it over on the Coalition now, both I believe of the Wii U version and of the 3DS version. I'm pretty sure at some point we'll check out the Nintendo Switch version once that comes out. Uh, in addition to that, okay, we have Mario Tennis Aces, which is another Mario Tennis game. Uh, what makes this one special is I believe it's uh, from the Game Boy Advance version, I believe, or one of the previous Mario Tennis games that was on the portables. It had a story to it, and this is what really, you know, being the first real Mario Tennis game, or at least the next big Mario Tennis game that, that does kind of like some of that influence for it's a package because if you remember, I believe it was Mario. The last Mario Tennis game didn't really have a lot of stuff. It was more focused on gameplay. It didn't really have any sort of story or other campaign type of modes or like pro tour or something. But this one is going to have that. It's going to have other content. It's going to have additional stuff. I believe it's a uh, uh, was it some of the special moves and things like that that make Mario Tennis so so interesting and so unique compared to like older versions of that game. Now uh, they're going to have all that stuff, but it's going to be on Nintendo Switch, which is pretty cool. Uh, in addition to this. Uh, the big announcement that they had revealed finally officially, even though we knew about this for a while because we heard about from software having the game running on Nintendo Switch, Dark Souls, uh, what is it, Dark Souls Remastered. Now, this is cool because, number one, it's Dark Souls, and a lot of people that love that series are going to be able to play this on the go. It's going to be the first kind of quote-unquote portable version of this series if you really think about it, even though it's on the Nintendo Switch and that's like a hybrid console. But the, being able to have the ability to play Dark Souls game on the go, especially when you travel, it's going to have a lot of appeal to people, especially if you've been a fan of the Souls series for quite some time or if you love Bloodborne and stuff like that. Uh, who knows? That could also lead to other games in the series getting remastered as well, being brought to Nintendo Switch, especially if this is successful. I could totally see them bringing Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 to the Nintendo Switch after this. There may be some technical know-how or technical finesse they probably might have to do because obviously those games are very intensive on both the playstation 4 and the xbox one but i think that if given the time and given the effort and given the resource i think they could find some compromises to bring those games over to the system but we're going to get dark souls one remaster it's going to have all the previous uh, dlc all the previous additional content which is pretty awesome and it's going to be something that a lot of fans are going to love now besides this some of the other new stuff which i thought was interesting and kind of random uh, comes from SNK Heroines, which is a new fighting game. It's based on the, was it female fighters from the King of Fighters series? If you guys remember, King of Fighters 14 came out not too long ago. Uh, we have a review up, up or on the, was it on the website now that you guys could check out? But some of the heroines, the female fighters from King of Fighters, are going to be taking center stage in this game. And it's going to be from what looks to be a pretty legit fighting game that's going to be mostly focused on them. Very similar to, what is it? To, I, I can't remember the name of the the fighting game but it was on playstation 4 i think it was like buster girls or something where it takes a very similar approach but it has a very intensive high-paced uh crazy action type of fighting system to it you know for a fighting game you know granted 
And I think this is going to be cool because this is going to be the second uh, quote-unquote traditional style fighting game for the Nintendo Switch. Remember, we have Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers now on the platform. And we also have Pokémon Tournament, which is also another game I'll get to in a second. But this is going to be... Pokémon Tournament wasn't necessarily a traditional fighter. It was a little bit much more unorthodox. It was different. It, it wasn't like a 2D fighter that what we've seen from the fighting genre constantly. This is going to be that case. And it's going to be focused on the SNK uh, female fighters. So I'm curious about it. I'm curious to see how it plays. I'm, I'm really interested to see what other stuff it has along with it. Um, the customization that they displayed there, being able to customize the fighters with different outfits and colors and stuff, is going to be very appealing to a lot of people, especially on the Nintendo Switch where you could bring that console on the go. That's going to be pretty cool. Who knows? We might be able to see a game like that at Evo, and it'll be another Switch game to go to another big fighting game tournament. That'll be something interesting to see. Now, besides that, like I mentioned before, Pokémon Tournament. Pokémon Tournament is getting brand new content for Pokémon Tournament DX, including new DLC fighters, new support Pokémon, as well as also uh, extra options for your avatar. For me personally, one of my bigger picks for this that I thought was pretty cool was that we're going to get Blastoise as a playable character. And we also got a couple of the other, I believe it was uh, from Pokémon X and Y or Pokémon Ultra Sun and Moon. Uh, one of the Pokemon there, I can't remember its name specifically. It's one of those like more obscure type of Pokemon that's brand new, but we're getting new fighters for it. It's brand new content. That's pretty much a welcome addition. And it's going to come in, I believe, in two battle packs that I know you could buy off the eShop. The first battle pack, I believe, uh, comes in like, I believe in February or March. And then afterwards, the second one, which is the one with Blastoise, comes sometime after that. Again, dates notwithstanding, I could be wrong as far as the time frame with them. But again, new content, that's always a welcome addition. That's always pretty cool. We also got new content for Super Mario Odyssey. Okay, Super Mario Odyssey has got a free update that I think you could get now, if I'm not mistaken, that has the Luigi, uh, was it, balloon challenges. Basically, you could go to any map or any stage in that game and kind of meet up with Luigi and actually hide a balloon for other players online to find so that you can make these little challenges for other people. And it has leaderboards. It's going to have rankings. It's a little extra compliment to an already great game. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, there was a couple other announcements too, as well as, you know, as far as rundowns of like a few uh, indie titles that they mentioned that they touched on, but really those were some of the bigger announcements from this mini direct again, shorter direct, a little unorthodox, a little surprising, but it still had some good stuff overall. A lot of the things that people were expecting for this Direct, we did not get. A lot of people uh, from the GameStop leak, as well as also the, the way that Nintendo had been acting over the last, I want to say, month or so uh, prior to the new year. People were expecting a Smash Brothers announcement. Obviously, we didn't get that. It also, there was some stuff that was going passed around by Nintendo about Chibi Robo. There was a picture of Chibi Robo on fire that people were saying that maybe that's an allusion to either new stuff with Chibi Robo or maybe Chibi Robo and Smash Brothers, different things like that. But obviously, that wasn't the case. I feel like a lot of those types of announcements and a lot of announcements that we're going to get for other games, including Metroid Prime 4 and any of the other big titles we're waiting on from Nintendo, we're probably going to get that in a future direct that'll probably be a little bit more formal, a little bit more traditional where they announce it to everybody. Or we might have to just wait till E3 to find out what bigger stuff is going to come to the platform. But there you go. That's the Nintendo Mini Direct in a nutshell. I, I I agree with that last statement you said, and that was a great recap of uh, the mini direct. Uh, one thing I did want to say about the director, I do know that there was uh, quite a bit of people that I guess they was a little uh, disappointed in this direct. Um, as you already said, you know, uh, they're going to save the bigger announcements for a later time. So, I mean, and one thing that I learned last year, I doubted the Nintendo Switch last year. And then when they had that E3 show and they just blew everybody away with all the announcements they had, yeah, 
that that pretty much shut me up for good. So I will not doubt them anymore. Um, I'm just going to look forward to, obviously, we figured there were going to be a lot of ports coming to the Switch uh, when they first announced it. So I don't have a problem with any of the stuff that got announced. Um, one thing I want to mention, though, that's important that I think we should acknowledge is that, one, I think that Nintendo's almost kind of done with the 3DS at this point. And also, the next Direct that we get or the next uh, wave of announcements outside of the like, Nintendo Switch stuff, I think we're also going to get some more stuff from their mobile division, including stuff on Animal Crossing. I still also feel like we're going to get some more stuff for Fire Emblem Heroes or uh, mobile and any of the other games that they probably have plans in the pipeline for mobile devices to continue with that Nintendo mobile title type of train i feel like that's going to be another compliment we'll hear more about in a future date oh yeah well i know they've already announced a pikachu detective game for 3ds um because i got an email about that uh so uh you know they still have a few things coming but yeah i think that they will slowly start to move away from 3ds and a lot of those titles will end up on the switch so we'll see what happens but uh Overall, I thought it was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty fine. Direct, you know. Like I said, I, I still haven't played Zelda. I still haven't finished Mario. So I, I really, um, I don't. I'm not really looking to play anything else new right away for 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 the Switch. I still have to finish all the other stuff that came out last year. So I definitely didn't have any complaints. And as I said, you know, I'm pretty sure there'll be bigger announcements as the year goes on. So I don't think anybody should be concerned about the uh, Switch right now. Um, but uh, Gary and Dana, do you have any thoughts on um, the direct? Um, so, w- like, what do you guys think of the criticism that's going around about you know, um, there's a lot of like remasters and old games <laughs> being published on the Switch? I think that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Right now, if the people that are saying that, it's only because they didn't get the announcements they wanted at the at the mini direct. I think that's a very a little bit of a lame, salty. A criticism because right now there are games from the Nintendo Switch. That's why the system's doing so well. I mean, we've been critical of the Nintendo Switch in the past, especially at launch, because obviously that stuff wasn't out yet, and obviously there was a lot of unknowns. And I still think there are unknowns that are worth criticizing the platform for. Uh, was it especially the online service? Which again, we still are, we're probably going to see more of that come down uh, towards the summer, or at least after the spring is when I believe that that stuff is going to go into effect. But right now. I mean, there is some remasters that are coming to the platform. There are some remasters out now on the platform, like including uh, some indie games and a few other AAA games. But again, the system's doing very well, and it has a lot of games right now at this point that it could get people excited that really showcase it. So I feel that's a lame criticism, a lame thing to complain about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dana, did you have any thoughts on the Direct? Port City. That's all it was. Was just a whole bunch of ports, and it wasn't. I wasn't knocking it. I was just. It was meh. Well, you know, it was just. Well, well, here's a well, here's a question though. What about that Mario Tennis I mean, game though? <laughs> <laughs> um, for the people who like Mario Tennis, that's something that you know people are interested in. Um, at most. Maybe you know the the Pokemon detective game. Interesting. I know that they have the movie that's coming out in 2019, so it could be you know. And I think that 
Pokemon fans will gravitate towards that. But overall, for me, it was it was just something that existed. I wasn't exactly bored. I don't have like this anger, like people have, as you guys were saying, there's like this anger because there wasn't any new games announced. And I don't think that there really should be any coming up. You know, 28, you can't announce everything right now and it's in January. You know what I mean? So that to me, really, I wasn't really surprised by that. It was just, it was meh. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, listen, we'll see. We'll see what happens. What Nintendo has in store for us as the year goes on. But uh, overall, not 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 bad. Not a bad show, in my opinion. This is some stuff to look forward to. So uh, and as I already said, I haven't finished all the other uh, switch exclusives. So I really am in no rush to get another switch game anytime soon anyway. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much the Nintendo Direct wrapped up. Uh, so we're going to move on to the next topic. Uh, Gary, uh, since you are a Assassin's Creed fan, I'm going to let you uh, ask this particular question because we do know that Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered is coming out finally to uh, Xbox One, uh, PlayStation 4 uh, in March. So uh, feel free to uh, share your thoughts on the particular question you wanted to ask about this series. Okay, yeah, there was another question i wanted to ask about you know the whole series but as for assassin's creed rogue uh remastered i feel like this is a bit too late like i, I don't think a lot of people are going to care about that game i think it might slip through the radar a little bit um because i remember when this game came out and i i believe that was the year that um i think it was black flag came out and um so it was going to be Rogue was going to be like exclusive to last generation and uh, Black Flag was going to be, no, I think it was Unity actually. It might have been Unity and Unity was going to be um, exclusive to to the you know new generation platforms, PS4 and Xbox One. Um, and then, you know, I remember thinking back then, I bet they're going to bring out Rogue on, on the new gen consoles anyway, eventually. But I thought that would happen within like the first year of it being released, you know, um, with it, with it coming out now, um, I think it's far too late. And, you know, we, we had that year gap of Assassin's Creed and it's just come back and we've just started to appreciate it again. And now they're kind of flooding us with more Assassin's Creed content all over again. Um, and that's only gonna, you know, make there be more more of a fatigue uh feeling for assassin's creed which is what we were experiencing before they took a break so i'm not sure how i feel about you know them uh bringing that remaster out now uh do you guys have any thoughts on that uh i i do have a comment that i want to make real quick and then of course we can get everyone else's thoughts uh the one thing i really don't understand with ubisoft in, in general is that you know when they do release these remasters the the timing can't be any worse now we already know this is coming out in march but this is the same time they're supposed to be promoting far cry 5 which is also coming out in march and i know that back in 2006 around in november time when watch dogs 2 came out they also released the Ezio collection around the same exact time so I don't really understand the timing of um, releasing this game the same month and then, you know, someone will then have to decide, well, if I want that game, you know, people don't have that much time to play all these games. 
So I don't really understand the decision to release it now. I think, yeah, it definitely could have came a lot sooner. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, of course, you know, they're thinking about, uh, you know, basically first quarter, second quarter, third, fourth quarter, thinking about how they can maximize their profits. Because I know that initially Far Cry was supposed to come out in February and the crew was supposed to come out in March. Now, uh, of course, they delayed the game by a couple more weeks. Uh, and I think the crew is now coming out in the second quarter of the year. So maybe this is why they did that. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people wanted this game because I, when it initially came out, it was only on uh, the last-gen consoles. Uh, right now, uh, I mean, I could say that I am intrigued by the game. I really don't know if I would have the time to play it, though, because there's going to be other stuff out in March that I want to play. But, yeah, maybe a little overkill with the fatigue, but I think that this was done as a business decision to just get as many games out as possible uh, for that for, for the uh, first quarter of the year. But uh, I don't know if, uh, Mr. Lugo, you have any thoughts on this particular topic? Honestly, I'm with you on that one. It's just a business decision. Why not? I mean, they have Far Cry 5, which is brand new, which is, again, it's going to appeal to Far Cry fans or Ubisoft fans in general. They have other stuff that they've already released through them that's on, like, platforms like the Nintendo Switch and other places, you know, PS4 and Xbox One. So they have a lot of new stuff right now, and they have new stuff coming down the pipeline. But, I mean, if you could get the extra dollars after putting out, you know, for putting out an extra uh, one of the games that had come out previously on one of the last... Uh, last generation of consoles, but at least still get more people to pick it up, especially that fan base. Why not? I mean, it's not predatory in the sense of what we've seen with other remasters or re-releases where it's like, okay, why is this getting specifically a remaster or re-release? Like, it's, I don't think it's that bad like that. I agree. I agree. Uh, how about you, Dana? Any any thoughts on uh, this uh, remaster? Are you planning on picking it up? Sorry, I was muted. Yeah. Um, no, I just don't really care for, for, for it that much. And I don't being remastered. But there are people who are. Xbox 360, so when I still own it. So for me, it's not anything that I'm really caring about. But for other people who do, and they want to, you know, want it for the 4K, for, you know, their collection, I think it's a wonderful idea said this is a business decision and it's all about the money and if you can get a game and it's the same stuff and you know people are, are wanting it it's for people it's i think that it's for you know people who really wanted it who you know because it was the last why not do it i think it's great but at the same time don't be distracted five comes Absolutely. Okay, Gary, you had another question you wanted to ask about Assassin's Creed also. Yeah, so, um, like, we know that, you know, the first three or, I don't know, it might be like five because there was some other games that came out between. But, yeah, um, from Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 3, there was, you know, an overarching storyline that in- involved Desmond um, and then, you know, they kind of botched it in Assassin's Creed 3 and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't um, as good as it could have been. Um, but, you know, in the games that came out even after the whole Desmond thing concluded, they've still kind of tried to include the the, the sci-fi narrative, like the whole, you know, um, this is your ancestor kind of thing. 
Um, and like, do you think it's just it's time for them to just remove that completely now and stop going back to it because it's really not that good and it doesn't actually add much to any of the Assassin's Creed games at this point. Like, I would rather it's just okay. This game is going to be set in this country in during this period of time. That's it. Like, just you know, you're this character. Go ahead. Like, there's no reference to sci-fi world or to the modern world, to the future or whatever. Like, just it's just that setting. You know, I think they should just do that because that's really all people care about. A lot of people actually see, you know, Assassin's Creed games as um, something that can teach history. You know, and um, like it can give you a, a sense of what actually occurred at different points in time throughout, you know, history and stuff. And I think that's really its selling point. So they don't need to keep going back to the whole sci-fi current world kind of theme because um, what attracts people is that whole history thing, you know? So do you guys think it would be better if they just scrapped the sci-fi stuff completely? Yeah, uh, one comment that I will make on that. Uh, I haven't really played uh, really much of Origins. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think any of that is in Origins, but I could be wrong. Uh, based on what I played so far, it, it doesn't look like it's it, it 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 you know is going way into the future. Um, but again, I, I I haven't played enough of it to know whether or not that is the case for the whole game. Um, I think they definitely should scrap it though, because the original concept they have already when they decided to kill Desmond, that concept was was done. So um, I think they should scrap it and just stick to making it about the historical different things that happen in historical timelines. But that's just my opinion. The, the problem with me is that the game, it's the series, it's the reality. So when you start adding in all of the science fiction element, it seems to take it out of that element. It's this whole different. And I don't like it, you know, and it makes the storylines even more ridiculous loses me so i think that they should completely remove it yeah and um i can confirm as well that origins actually does have a modern day um story about involved in it oh well okay yeah okay yeah you're right then yeah you're right about that then they, they need to get rid of that <laughs> yeah i don't know I mean, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what they do with the series. I mean, I, I know that initially, I think they said they will, you know, the next Assassin's Creed, it won't be for like another couple of years. So maybe this will be a regular thing. I mean, not 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 and not uh, counting this remaster. I mean, this is definitely coming out, but the next new game, I don't think that's going to be for maybe a couple of years. But who knows with Ubisoft, they may change that up. I have heard that uh, there will, of course, be another Watch Dogs, and that'll probably get announced at E3 later this year. But uh, that's about it, you know. But yeah, as for Assassin's Creed, I don't know what they're going to do with this stuff. But uh, yeah, I think they should get rid of the sci-fi stuff and just focus on making it the historical pieces for each game with no connection whatsoever. Then they would have more freedom to do other stuff and not having to worry about, well, now we have to explain how this person is related to another person and another bloodline. So yeah, but we'll see. Uh, any other thoughts before we... Uh, Move on to the next topic. Oh uh, yeah, just to summarize, like my thoughts, like because, like 
what I really value about the series is, you know, its accuracy to events that actually happen. And I feel like history is important because you have to know where you've come from to know where you're going, you know. And um, I've actually recently, over the past couple of years, I've actually read some historical literature and stuff like that. And I was actually, like, fascinated to find that um, there was, like, you know, Romans and stuff that were in these books, that were talked about in these books, that were also in Assassin's Creed. Like, and, you know, it ties in directly into the story I was reading. So stuff like that is really good. And that's the strength of Assassin's Creed, I feel like. Um, so I think they should just stick to history. Like, that. that's their lane. You know, that's the lane they need to stick to. Because if they just promote that, um, they can come at a completely different angle with the marketing. Like, um, you know, this is a an interactive history lesson kind of thing, but it's not boring, you know, because we all know that when you're in school and you're learning history, like it's boring, you're going to fall asleep, you're going to doze off, you know, um, and a teacher's going to be shouting at you or whatever. Uh, but this game, like, is interactive and it's interesting and you're an assassin. Like, how that, how can you be bored of being an assassin in, you know, in history? So... I think that's just the angle they need to go with. They need to stick to that and forget the whole modern day sci-fi Anubis or or whatever the, the machine is called. Um, they need to just forget about that. I agree. I agree. But hey, we'll see. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if in the future they'll they'll give a poll, they'll put out a poll and they'll ask people whether or not they want them to continue with that approach. I mean, I don't really know if they'll do any of that stuff, but... uh. I, I do think a lot of people have also picked up on the fact, as you said, they just want to see where the game is set. Is not worried about any ties it has to the present. But uh, uh, hey, Dana, you're uh, is that yeah, breaking news? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a uh, yeah. We heard we heard you on the other end, so. You're fine now. Um, yeah, but we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with the series. That, that's all I'll say. But uh, yeah, a very good question. I'll be curious to know what people think about that. Uh, so we're actually going to move on to the next topic. And and Dana, this is your topic. Uh, you can let us know your you know some of the things going on in the entertainment world right now. Christina there. Yes, sorry. Slight technical difficulty. My computer okay. is revolting against me. Uh-oh. Okay, so this um, DC and DC, which was basically a celebration of African-Americans. And it's, you know, it's Martin Luther King weekend. So during the event, they had several things. They had an entire, they had different panels that the CW came together and all of the different shows. So you had Arrow, Tomorrow, uh, Flash, not Supergirl. There's another one. Anyway, point is they all came together to be in television. And I think that the CW, if you ever watch any of their shows, they're doing a really great job with it. There's a lot of different people of color there's a different lot of people with um concentrate on straight relationships and gay relationships and they really wanted to 
celebrate kinds of people and all different kinds of love. And it's all about bringing the world together. Described. So you, they also had an artist, comic book artist, and they all had different series of panel discussions and they had some screenings that focused on how we can bring enlightenment and really interesting they talked a lot about as i previously said lgbtq um, also ptsd there's a lot of storytelling that involves that also during the event they had a black lightning screening which is um the cw's new show that's you know coming up in what are we in oh it's it's next week basically sorry it's two Tuesday. Black Lightning is an superhero show, which they really wanted to celebrate because it's not some. There are African Americans in CW, um, super, you know, Supergirl and 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 DC Legends of Tomorrow. To have a the main focus is an African American family they feel is something that's truly brown great breaking and the show itself powerful and it is something that's um the series deals with black lightning is already from the superhero world so it's not like we're seeing like a young man we're seeing uh older gentleman probably like in his 40s he has a, he has two daughters first is lesbian the other one is straight and they're perfectly okay with that which we wanted to highlight television shows empire or they emphasize a lot on the african not being supportive lesbian child so it's very supportive we understand and we're still type of thing compared to say empire when there was a scene where who happened to be gay into a trash can who portrayed that and to see you know both spectrums if you look at other shows and you look at this one as well it deals with a lot of african-american issues it deals with so you know he's also dealing with that and he has to go back into the superhero life and if you're not getting like the flash type superhero it's more about how you can better yourself and better your community and what you can do so it's like that message of being the you know your own superhero so that was um, very, I think it was very powerful that, that and they really emphasized on that. Also what was screened was Batman Gotham by Gaslight, which is Batman in the against Jack the Ripper. And it's originally was inspired by the one shot graphic novel that came out in 1989. The movie itself, it's not 
a panel by panel uh, recreation of that novel, which was a graphic novel. It's more of like inspired by, so you'll get to see some elements from the graphic novel, but they added a lot to it. The animation is more like a steampunk and it has the Sherlock Holmes feel to it. So what I appreciated was that you get to see Batman truly being a detective and he, him having to use his intelligence. Remember back in those days, all of these great technologies and all this great C type thing. So he's basically going back to the basics and that itself was very interesting to see. The animation felt was, it was just as well, but it was, it was, it was also at the same level of what you can see today. Um, I thought that, you know, again, it, it was a really great show, um, movie. I that that's going to be released, I believe, next week on Blu-ray. So that is what happened in regards to DC and DC. Also, we have, um, uh, there's a situation with Aziz Ansari. Well, wait, wait, hold on, real, hold on, real quick. Face... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's just your internet was a uh, a little choppy. Oh. Um, I don't know. If, is there like anything else? Are, do you have anything else open on the computer? Because like it was a bit, you were dipping in and out. I just want to make sure it's like okay for the listeners. Oh, I, I have everything else is closed. Uh, okay. Um, right now it's okay, but like as you talk, it kind of cuts in and out. Oh dear. But, is, it, is it okay now? Yeah, just just carry on for now. Okay. Um, Aziz Ansari is now facing claims of sexual allegation. Of you know, basically, how it is told is it's borderline. It's kind of borderline rape. Um, there, there's a very lengthy uh, story that's told in very graphic detail about um, Anzari when he was around 18 years old, him going on this date, and it was basically one of the worst experiences of this young woman's life, and how throughout the date he was just trying to sleep with her and it goes into very graphic detail and as we all know the me too movement is out and they're trying to get anyone who is assumed to be a sexual assaulter so this is stirring up rumors that his netflix series master of none may end up being canceled and it just picked up um a couple awards so We'll have to wait and see how that's going to turn out. Also, there is two TV shows that are in the works. There is John Wick works right now, and it's going to feature Keanu Reeves. That's the big selling point of everything. So you're going to just get, it's not going to focus on Keanu Reeves, but he'll make like a, you know, like a special guest appearance until the show can survive without him. So that's going to be um, headed up. Also, there is a Hitman TV series that's in the works as well. They recently came out of meetings, and right now there isn't much detail about it, but it's going to focus on 
hitman and his career and his origin. And it's gonna be very action-based, but I can say that the John Wick series is going to be produced by Hulu. And that can be, that's gonna come out, if not 2019, 2020. So that's it for today. I, I did have uh, some quick comments about the the as the Asus uh, or Asus, however you pronounce it. I'm sorry, Izzy. don't shoot me. Izzy, um, Izzy. Izzy. no Aziza. I'm sorry, I'm butchering it now. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, as for the Asus thing, like I like a lot of these allegations are gonna continue to come out because we're talking about like you know. 20, 30 years of history that people are digging into, you know, so this is going to continue to happen. Um, in his case, though, you know, this is fairly recent, it sounds. But, like, I, I just want to kind of uh, throw out this question, you know, there's no right or wrong way to answer it, but, like, is, is there a point where we should be separating, um, like, the art that people create from their actions? Because, if we look at classic literature, like a lot of the classic books out there, you know, from a uh, uh, damn what's that, a uh, Lovecraft, um, I can't remember his full name. Like he he's got a lot of classic books, right? But he was racist, and I'm able to separate the two. Like he made great books, but you know he was a racist person. Like so, I'm I'm able to separate that and be like, okay, he was a complete asshole. Like you know. I don't agree with a lot of his thoughts, but his literature was really good. Like he writes really well. And, you know, in the case of Aziz, um, Aziz, the, Aziz um, <laughs> yeah, however you say it, his, you know, his um, Master of None is a great Netflix show. Like it's one of the shows that I love on, you know, the network and everything. Um, so I, I don't feel like his that show should just be in jeopardy now, like just because this happened. Now, if if it happened, like the woman said, you know, that's bad of him. You know, he should be more considerate, especially because he has a book called Modern Romance. You know, you'd think that he would be a bit more romantic and considerate to, to women when he goes on a date with them. Um, so I don't know how true it is. You know, it could be false. It could be, you know. Uh, we don't know. We don't know all the facts yet. You know, we're just, it's just speculation, it's allegations and stuff. But yeah, I think people should be able to separate the two on some level, you know, until we have facts and until there's like, you know, at least like a trial or some sort of, you know, um, settlement between the two parties. Like, I think we should be able to separate the claims from the actual work that's being produced. Um, but how do you guys feel about that? Uh, that That's something that, you know, I kind of agree. I do feel like there's a witch hunt. So you can easily say, you know, back in 2003, Aziz pinched my butt. And there's going to be like this outcry and basically this huge, you know, wanting to tear down this person in their career. And I do believe that you have to wait for facts to come out. But I do also believe that if it's something that a whole community is saying against that person, for example, the Kevin Spacey situation, where there are children that are involved that he has been allegedly you know, molesting, that there is something that you have to say no, and you have to put it on pause at least. So I don't know how much 
weighting and how much facts it is that you're looking for. Now, if you're looking for like DNA swabs and that type of evidence, you know, that I can understand right away, but it takes a while for that to happen. So while I do believe that a lot of these claims and allegations against certain people are, you know, a little bit, they're going after these people a little too much and it may be a, a witch hunt. And if they're basically hunting down any man that they can find, I do think that there should be some type of acknowledgement to the claims that are being made. And maybe everything should be put, put on pause for the moment. Yeah, um, I, I do want to add that in the case of Kevin Spacey, I fully understand that because that was like multiple claims, I believe, and it involved, you know, someone who was a minor at the time. So I understand there that. Also, there are also huge cover-ups. There are situations where Danny Masterson, who is on Netflix The Ranch, it took forever for Netflix to say anything about or even to take him off the air. And they had proof they had cases dating back years and years ago where people went to the police now in his case he was involved in scientology and scientology they was able to pay off a lot of people and to sweep certain things under the rug and to intimidate folks you have harvey weinstein for example where he actually used russian officials like as to discredit people so that their cases wouldn't be heard. And that was ongoing. Rose McGowan gives a very detailed interview about that. And so do other women. So at the same time, it's it's I can't say that we should just, you know, wait and see what type of evidence that we can find because there are evidences that is out there that have been covered up. So it's it's really iffy for me. Some 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 very good thoughts. I, I do have something to say also, but uh, Mr. Lugo, I'm gonna let you go next. Uh, speak yeah. on the subject. Yeah, sure. Because I have a, a number of thoughts about this, and it's gonna tie in directly into what we talk about next with, with some of the other news that we're gonna touch on. And I think I could speak a little bit about this because I've actually had friends that have been involved with this type of thing that have been reported in the new in the news. You know, have been victims of sexual harassment, sexual assault, etc. And we'll get to that in just a bit. The reason why I only partially agree with what Gary's saying is because it's a much more complex issue than what a lot of people make it out to be. It's not as black and white, even though there are instances where there's complete uh there's complete guilt there's complete amount of evidence of guilt of people have done things that have been terrible that have been like horrible and they should pay for that where i think i don't agree with, so much with gary with on um, separating the person from the art form is because especially in entertainment especially in movies and tv uh comedy etc you're 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 kind of relating to that person you're making some sort of connection to that person through their art form and you're always going to associate that person that individual whatever it is that's going on with their lives with their art because they put themselves out there. They put themselves as a person, even though they play on a character. So in the case of like the Kevin Spacey stuff, it's going to be very hard for people to watch House of Cards with that back in the in their back of their heads, you know, especially if it involves children and stuff. People feel a certain way about that, and I don't blame them. I think it also is telling now because we live in an environment, especially now after the Harvey Weinstein stuff, which is after all the political stuff that's happened with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and all those emotions that have really kind of culminated into where we're at now 
uh, there seems to be a lot of bandwagoning and a lot of uh, fads going around, or at least a big fad going around with, with stuff that's happening with all these things appearing in the news, which I think a lot of the people that have done terrible things over the years should pay for what they've done, that they should be exposed. And, you know, they should, they should be justice served to a lot of the people that have been affected by that. At the same time, though, we can't ignore the fact that there's been a lot of people that have been capitalizing on this uh, tidal wave of emotion and tidal wave of stuff that's been going on that have also affected a lot of people that haven't done anything wrong. Fun fact, okay, even though it's not in relation to entertainment or anything, there was a, a court case and a, and a story that broke out, I want to say about a week or so ago for around the new year, where a guy was accused of sexual harassment or even a sexual assault. And it ended up being that the girl and their attorneys were lying, that they doctored they, they doctored and edited a lot of the stuff that was involving text messages and Facebook messages. And the guy lost two years out of his life and he swore up and down. He didn't do nothing wrong until not only a family relative and some other people looked really much more into some of the original material of stuff that was passed around that was submitted as evidence and found out that there was a lot of stuff that was going on that the the person that was claiming sexual assault, the victim, the, the woman that had claimed all that stuff was lying. So it, that's not always the case and that's not always the thing, but let's not start going into this mentality of, you know, of, of, of everybody's being guilty until proven innocent. And I think that's a very dangerous line to walk on because people feel a certain way about this. And a lot of people are always quick to on social media and other places to say that that's victim blaming that are saying that you have to merely not believe the victim because of all these years and all these things that have happened throughout all this time where things have gone down and people have just ignored them. I don't think that's an application to every single instance of this going down. Again, it's a very complex issue and it's very nuanced. And a lot of people don't like getting into nuanced discussion. Uh, like I mentioned before, I've had people that have been involved with this type of thing where they have almost been outright ignored. And again, I'll touch on that a little bit later. But again, we still have to take things on a case-by-case -case basis. We still have to look at facts. We have to look at evidence. We have to look at things that have actually happened that could be proven in a court of law. So that way the people that have done wrong can serve their time and could be given their punishment and actually their just desserts for, for the victims and for all the other people affected. But at the same time, not condemn people just for the simple fact of just he said, she said, and hearsay by random people or the court of public opinion, which I think is the most dangerous part of this right now. The court of public opinion in relation to all these sexual uh, harassment and sexual assault and rape allegations in both the entertainment industry, now the gaming industry and other industries out there, tech and all this stuff has been the most condemning factor to people, even if they've never been uh, convicted of the stuff that they've done, because no matter what. All these other people, just because you have that associated with your name is always going to be associated with you and it's always going to follow, around, uh, follow you around. And in most instances, is going to kill your career no matter what it is. And I think that sucks for the people that have been, uh, what is it, been put into that same circle with the Harvey Weinsteins, with the, what is it, with the Kevin Spaceys, with the Louis CKs and all this other stuff. And yet they've never really done something like that. So again... Take it by a case-by-case -case basis. Understand that it's very complex, very complicated. And rather than have a mom mentality or a sheep mentality or a scorched earth mentality of everything that's going on, at least take everything on a case-by-case -case basis. Hey, very well put. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, very well put. A lot of, lot of very great stuff said across the board. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Uh, but I just, one question though. Sure. Uh, are we really able to separate the person from, say, the allegation? No. I mean, because it's. So. Honestly. Right. So that, to me, it makes it even harder of a decision of whether or not this person should have everything stripped away from them. 
even if it's something where you can never actually prove the allegation because they never technically proved Kevin Spacey and he's we never seen from him again. That's my point, though. That's the court of public opinion. That's what I'm saying. It's so dangerous now, especially now in these days and in the wake of Harvey Weinstein and how it's been so publicized and been so talked about. It's been so put out there. There's been movements, uh, again, at the Golden Globes, at the Grammys, I think it is, and all these other places. That's what makes it so dangerous, you know, even though it's for a good cause. It's obviously to stop, you know, terrible behavior in all these industries. Still, the court of public opinion, when it's applied to a mass wide, broad stroke, across everybody it could be a very condemning and damning thing again for even for people that have never done anything wrong but just being associated with that automatically makes you guilty till proven innocent and i think that's wrong and it should be wrong because again if they've never if you've never really done anything it could be proven in a court of law that you haven't done anything it could be there's evidence there's facts out there at the same time there, there's the reverse of that if you have done something it's going to come to light no matter what these people do even harvey weinstein like you mentioned before did all these different things settlements and all this stuff to really kind of prevent him from receiving any sort of repercussions eventually this shit's going to come out and they're going to get their just desserts like that but Having that court of public opinion where it's everybody on social media with the with the sound clips, with the 140, 240 characters uh, out there just constantly just berating you and constantly just labeling you such and such, even though you weren't that, that's where the problem lies. I think um, I think a lot of this is completely situational as well. Like in the case of Ken Spacey and Harvey Weinstein, that all the like you can look at the number of alloc- allocation. Um, Sorry, I can't talk right now. The, <laughs> the the number of accusations that came out, you know, and the the like their response to it, you know, whatever their response was to the situation, you can look at that and see that there's something to it. Like there's something truthful there. But in other cases, sometimes it's just, you know, one person comes out and claims something and we don't know whether it's really the truth or not because you know, there's, I mean, this situation in particular that we're talking about is very new. So there hasn't really been a response yet or anything like that to it. But um, I do have one other, you know, example, um, Nelly, you know, who's like a, a, a famous rapper and everything. Um, a lady came out and made accusations against him. And then she later dropped, you know, the charges and accusations. And then Nelly actually countersued her. And now that, you know, like you guys said earlier, that's going to be attached to his name now, but I'm not going to stop listening to Nelly music. Like he's got two songs that I really like, and I'm not, I'm not going to stop listening to him now because of that, because nothing was proved there. Um, So like my argument was like, I think before we, you know, look at their work and start, you know, judging it based off their, you know, real world, real world actions, we should at least wait for some sort of settlement or for some more evidence to come out that, you know, that is actually the case. Like if, um, if as is comes out with a statement and he owns up to it, then I'm going to look at him a, a bit differently because he does have a book called modern romance. And a lot of those episodes, you know, in master of none relates to dating and stuff. So I'm definitely going to look at it differently if it comes out and this is true. But um, I can't, you know, really, I'm not going to change my opinion until there's actually some more, you know, evidence to support what's been said. Well, hey, uh, good. Hey, well, good, good thoughts. 
I I had some stuff I was going to say. I, I'm going to wait now as we get into this to this topic. Obviously, the next topic. And one more thing, real quick. Sorry, they just yeah. greenlit Expendables four. So yay. Oh no, that's not good news. <laughs> <laughs> All Wait, right, so well, they, they greenlit both three and four, or was uh, three was already greenlit? They everything is all greenlit, all of it. Nice. Because remember, it was in in regards to the previous story. Remember all the sexual allegations that came up against um, Stallone. Yeah. So everything was put on pause, but they found it to be you know not true, or they couldn't find enough evidence. So. The movie is back back on track, and it'll have Jason Statham and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dolph Lundgren and Terry Crews, Mel Gibson, Wesley Snipes, Ronda Rousey. Let's go. And, and <laughs> Let's go. How many, uh, how many more washed up people are out there? <laughs> A bunch. And their tagline is, we are the shadows and the smoke. We rise. We are the ghosts that hide in the night. So that's what you can expect coming. Interesting. I got um, no problem with this whatsoever. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. We'll be looking forward to that for the for the for the people that are out there that are actually fans. They can look forward to that. Um. All right. So, uh, before we get off of this topic of the stuff that we've been talking about, we do have to address this because this was some news that came out today. Now, I want to say right now that uh, this is still a developing story. So there may or may not be more said on this later, but uh, this was a story that was initially reported on Eurogamer earlier this morning in which they said that David Cage and Quantic Dream, they actually faced allegations of unhealthy studio culture. And in within that, you know, as the statement says, they've been accused of inappropriate behavior, overworking staff, and then colluding in or at least turning a blind eye to sexist and racist activity that happened at the workplace. Um, there, there also was a comment of about, I believe, 600 controversial Photoshop images that were sent out to various groups in which it portrayed sexual positions, so on and so forth. So a lot of this stuff, obviously, accusations. Now, the, the most shocking thing, well, one of the things that raised people's eyes to it is, you know, they did mention that you know, it's possible that that Cage, you know, he either was racist or sexist. And he alluded to the fact that, well, no, he has worked with Ellen Page, who everybody knows is a lesbian, uh, open. Uh, he said, so he says, this was his statement exactly, you know, you want to talk about homophobia, homophobia? I work with Ellen Page, who fights for LGBT rights. You want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil rights in the USA. For those of you who don't know who Jesse Williams is, this is the guy that is going to be in uh, Detroit Become Human. So um, obviously at this point, just allegations. There's not really any concrete information. It has been reported on Eurogamer. I, it has not been reported on any other sites as of right this mom moment in time. You know, a few sites here or there, but not any of the major bigger sites. Not yet. Uh, no story from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. Nothing yet. So basically just wanted to get you guys thoughts on this particular situation and what it would mean for Quantic Dreams and Sony if the, any of this stuff actually is true. Um, and how about you start us off, Mr. Lugo? 
So, yeah, like I mentioned earlier before, the, the reason why I mentioned that before where I had said that I've had friends in the industry that I've been reporting the news that I've been involved with like sexual harassment, like stories and stuff. The one that I'm referring to is the one that happened with IGN not so long ago. If you guys missed it, I think I don't know. I'm not sure if we really talked about it on the co-op podcast when it happened. But because, again, you know, developing stories and everything. But basically, uh, the editor in chief of IGN, uh, Steve Butts, was fired. And he was like, basically like, oh, but basically he was fired. That That's the main thing. Jason Shaw reported it at Kotaku. He was the one who broke the story. And that was coming off the heels of a lot of the stuff that people had reported where all the staff members at IGN had taken a stand, like they refused to work until stuff was addressed and things that come out. And how that relates to this is because if it was allegations of neglect a little bit, and also stuff like, you know, pointing out where someone had tried to make a statement and try to say something to HR and to him and about like sexual harassment or anything of the sort. And it was kind of ignored. Now, in this case, okay, since it's just developing, we don't have all the facts completely yet. It's so much similar where, again, things of neglect, uh, sexual harassment and stuff with the, the Photoshop images or statements and stuff that was said within the company. The reason why this has more credence is because instead of it just being two people or a few people like at IGN, this one in the case is like 15 uh, current and former employees. Now, obviously, I don't think 15 to 20 people like that are all going to be saying the same type of thing amongst different stories here and there. I think that's maybe there's a lot of other complicated factors here at work that we just don't know yet. And I feel like we're going to eventually because I'm pretty sure there's going to be people that are on, you know, on the job now actually going out and trying to interview people, trying to talk to people and get the real story. Uh, I didn't know that thing about what David Cage had said over Twitter, over social media, which, again, could be taken either way. For all we know, it might not even involve him in the first place. Maybe it's just within the company. You know, it's him and also the person that we have met at uh, E3 in relation to Detroit becoming human. You know, one of the head people over there. The chronic dream, you know, they could they could just be having their names thrown into the pot with all this for all we know. And again, that's a very devil's advocate type of perspective on this. But again, we have to get all the facts as it's just developing. It just broke literally this morning, people. So we're kind of like finding out stuff as we go along alongside all of you. But it is kind of strange and it does kind of it's kind of telling because between the stuff that happened at IGN with Steve Butts and this coming out now, and I could definitely foresee other stuff at some point coming out as well in other companies, this could be another thing that's going on within the gaming industry in the wake of what's been going on in the entertainment industry. If this ends up being true and people start you know, getting indicted or getting called to court or all this other stuff and facts start to come out and it, it's all true like that, this could be the next big uh instance of all this type of like you know calling out or this me too movement and this other things happening within the gaming industry because if you notice with the stuff that happened at ign it happened so quickly granted it came off of another story involving uh some of the employees that were over there again some of which full disclosure i've known and i've been friends with here and there in the industry but again this type of uh action or these types of behavior is never good it's never uh it's never welcome and it should be called out. Uh, one of the other things that I think should, we should mention, because it's kind of really exclusive to the gaming industry, I find it. And I find it really weird why that's the case. This idea of like all the facts and the quote unquote receipts that are people commenting on social media, people talking about stuff in social media, but never really talking. It's like an indirect type of thing, as opposed to what goes on in the, inter in the entertainment industry where people are blunt, people are direct, people are upfront about what's going on. That could be a, a reason because of legal issues. For all we know, it could be NDAs. It could be other legal stuff that people are talking about behind the scenes. But with all this stuff that happens in the gaming industry, or at least that's now starting to come out about, you know, in the gaming industry, I think it's much more beneficial that if people are going to comment about this, especially in the public forum, that they need to be direct about it rather than just, you know, be tiptoeing around it. Again, 
that's without any sort of like knowledge of like legal stuff that binds people from here and there. It's not trying to say that, oh, you can't believe the victims here and there. I don't think that that's the case. I think that if more, if, if these things are actually happening and you actually have the opportunity to go talk about to somebody about this stuff, especially a news outlet in this case that has been reporting it, I think that people should do so. And again, who knows? It can end up having some great impacts on the games industry as a whole in general, not just at the media outlets, not just on developers, but everybody all over the place. And I and like I mentioned before, I do feel like eventually there's going to be other stuff that pop up, especially with so many things happening in entertainment right now that we again, like we just talked about. And then now it's just already the beginning of the year. These are this and the IGN thing is the first stuff that's popped up in the games industry. We still got a whole 10 months or 11 months still to go. And I could definitely foresee more of this starting to become talked about more frequently. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. True. So uh, any other thoughts on this topic? Uh... How about you go next, Dana? You have any thoughts on uh, this particular situation? I just want to say really quick, I don't know whether or not it's true or it's false, but that statement that he gave was absolutely offensive. The fact of I can't be homophobic because I have a gay friend or I can't be racist because I know a black guy. That is the most offensive thing that anyone could say, you know? So for me right there, I don't, I'm just, you could have crafted a much better statement than that. You know, there are serial killers out there who have friends who are still alive. It, that means nothing to me. So I, 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 I hate that so much. But if, the, if it's true, you know, it's a very unfortunate situation. I know that they, the pictures that they talked about, they, they are available on, on, online if anyone wanted to see them. Um, uh, you know, it's the type of environment that is not exactly comfortable. And I do hope that it's not real. I do hope that maybe it's exaggerated. But we just have to, again, it's developing and we just have to wait and see right now. But if you're ever accused of that, please don't make stupid statements like, you know, I have a black friend and a gay friend. So it's not possible for me to be racist or homophobic. That's just stupid. Quick question, Dana. Do you think like with with what's going on with like with David Cage and some of the other people that are also being thrown into this, do you think they maybe should have stayed silent and not said anything? I think, well, compared to the statement that they gave now, yes, but also I do think that even if you was to simply say it's not true, that right there is a statement enough. You don't have to go into these long speeches. I think that you just make yourself look even worse by the statement that was given. True. A simple thing. This is not true. Period. That's it. That's all you need to do is wait and see and, and see, you know, what type of evidence comes up. If there's any type of investigation, that's all. Absolutely. All right, Gary. Uh, what are your thoughts on this topic? Yeah, um, unlike the, the Aces thing, um, there's a lot more evidence in this case to support the claims. And it's from like multiple people. So I am going to take this as, you know, um, being a truthful claim. Um, but with regards to the actual game, Detroit, um, I, I wasn't that interested in it anyway. Like I wasn't, it looks cool, but I wasn't, you know, um, excited for it or anything. So it hasn't really changed my outlook on the game at all, um, to be honest. But I could definitely understand if, you know, people, start to feel differently about the, buying the game and supporting it 
you know, after these claims have come out against uh, Quantic Dream. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like at, at this point, yeah, we did see the game at PSX. We did get to meet a couple people on the team, including one of the, the guys that was, you know, accused of this stuff. And, you know, it, yeah, the, the game the game is, is fantastic. You know, it's a great game. You know, it's unfortunate to hear this type of news. Uh, and like I said, if it does come true, it, it is. It will be unfortunate for the future of the studio, I would say, you know, because but, you know, Sony is fully behind Detroit Become Human. So, I mean, the game is still be out. The game is still going to come out. Uh, but what happens with David Cage, a company after this, uh, once the game is out, that is what will have to be considered if any of this stuff comes out and it turns out to be true. Um, because it's not. Uh, it's just a horrible thing. Now, of course, with the horrible working conditions, we always hear stories about, you know, a lot of studios, you know, putting the crunch on their workers and stuff like that. But of course, when you now bring it to this side where you're now talking about all these other allegations with, uh, you know, involving harassment and racism, this is none of that stuff should be tolerated in any work environment whatsoever. So it's not a good look for them. Uh, it will not be a good look for Sony if any of this stuff does go down. Um, and as I said, right now, it's just a developing story. We don't really know any other information yet. Uh, very curious to see if other sites are going to start reporting on this stuff because it just happened today. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. Oh, go, go ahead, Dana. Uh, yeah, Dana, you, you going to say something? Oh, yeah. I'm just simply going to say that, you know, so far there are other reports that are coming out. But, you know, we still have to wait about the facts. But there are other allegations that are being, you know, claims that are similar to what was already said earlier. It's not it's um, not good. It, 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 this is definitely bad because, um, you know, it's bad because it's one of the. Uh, oh, sorry. Was you saying something? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to simply say also that. Um, both Cage and the other guy whose name I'm not going to butcher, um, they said that these are all just rantings of former employees. Which I think the more that they start talking, they're making it worse for themselves. So they should probably stop. That, that's why I asked before, do you think at this point, uh, you know, when all this started coming up, that like they shouldn't have said anything? Like, I don't understand at some point making a statement, like an official statement, because it comes a breaking point where you have to say something when it gets too bad. But when it's like this now, where things are just starting to pop up and things are, you know, if it's really the rantings of a bunch of former employees or, and, and people that are just, you know, being uh, a little bit, a little bit just angry and stuff. At this point, do you really say anything or do, do you feel like the thing, the environment's gotten so bad to the point with this type of stuff that you feel like they had to say something? Well, at this point, when you have so far, you know, they have a very high turnover rate and more people are coming out, you know, saying not necessarily about any type of sexual things, but also about the, the depression, them not caring about other people or, you know, the mental health of the environment, then maybe you, you could say something. But to completely start dismissing people right away at the very beginning, I think may make it worse. Uh, I, I do have one comment I want to make, and I believe, Gary, you were going to say something next. Uh, what I find interesting about this particular situation, I know when we went to PSX, um, you know, it, well, I believe it was earlier this year when they released that last trailer 
for uh, for uh, Detroit Become Human, where you had the android and the little girl and the abusive father. I know that they got a lot of slack about that from the media who, you know, a lot of times the media sees the video games and they, they see anything that happens in the game. They're like, well, this is too much violence. This is too much sex. And yet we see this stuff uh, on TV every day on, in just regular TV shows, so on and so forth. But I know that when we was at PSX, they alluded to the fact that they didn't really like that the media just, you know, they don't really fully understand the concept of gaming or any of the stuff that they're trying to do with these with their games. So they didn't like the fact that the media tried to make them look bad. So I can only imagine now that you have the former employees coming out, also now talking about this other stuff that's going on, how they operate behind the scenes and all of the stuff that they're, the evidence of as, as to which they think there's a lot of issues there. I can, I can only imagine how, the, how, how they would feel uh, on top of, uh, of the fact that the, that you know Detroit Become Human has already been slandered by the media in certain ways because of what it has in the actual game. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of bad stuff going on over there. Uh, obviously, as I said, still a development story, but still just to know that this stuff is potentially going on is is not good at all to hear. Um, but go ahead, Gary. You you were going to say something. Yeah, um, do you remember when that one guy that used to work at Naughty Dog came out and made accusations uh, against, you know, the, the people oh, yeah. who own the studio? Yep. Did, was anything confirmed after that? Like, was... No, I didn't hear anything no. else. And, and it was only one person, by the way, that I came out and said something like that. And, and I think it's still developing even till now, because I know, think at some point they were going to go to court, or there was some sort of, like, suit that was going to be brought up. But the difference is here is, like, there's more than, like, 15 people. That, that's really the big difference, and it's a combination of both current and former. So there could be any number of details there that we just don't know about right now. Yeah, uh, well, I, I think that this won't hurt Sony themselves in the long run. But for Quantic Dream, yeah, it could possibly be a wrap for them um, if, you know, this is confirmed to be true. Well, according to new reports that, that, that are slowly coming out, that they said that the employees tried to warn Cage about the misogynistic nature of the scene and that it was going to cause many people to be offense, offended by it. But he shut down anybody's proposal and he shut down any type of, you know, argument saying that he wasn't interested in their feedback or revising anything. They also said that that is how he often ran the, 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 the job, basically that's how the job was, where you could try to talk to him, but he was, was, whatever he was set on, he was set on. And it sort of seemed like an obsession that he had with these misogynistic type of situations that he really enjoyed it. So I don't know whether or not that's true, but that is what sources, quote unquote, are saying. That doesn't make sense though. Like to me, like that again, outside of the misogynistic stuff or whatever people want to interpret that as, that sounds like more is like he's the person in charge and he's just not listening to me. I don't think that's him being outwardly racist or being for uh doing any sort of like sexual harassment or anything about the picture stuff. Like to me, at that point, like he's putting to put his vision out there and he's dead set and stubborn enough to put it out there in the way he wants to, and he's just not listening to people. Like that to me, that sounds a little bit contradictory or just a little bit like offset. At that point, then, you know, what? where do you really go from here until we find out more info? That That's really the big question. Right now, to me, it seems like there are things that is true, but a lot of stuff could also be exaggerated. That's what it seems to be right now. I mean, again, it's still very early. 
Yeah, I could be with that. I, I think I, you might be right where a lot of stuff is probably exaggerated, even though there might be something there. Yeah, very, very possible. But uh, as I, you know, as as we've already said, you know, this is still a developing news story. So we will maybe talk about it in the future once we actually hear more about what is actually going on. But uh, again, for those that were impacted by this, uh, we definitely, you know, it's very unfortunate to hear about that. Apologies to those that are impacted, but hopefully, hopefully, um, we w well, the truth is going to come out sooner or later. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. Um, but uh, any final thoughts before we move on to our final topic for today? All right. So, uh, of course, the uh, final thing to discuss today, we did get news that uh, we found out some information about the December MPDs. And not surprisingly, the Xbox One has outsold the PlayStation 4. Uh, all attached to that news is that we found out that uh, PUBG, you know, that, that, you know, that the uh, PUBG did come out on Xbox One in December, now has uh, 3 million users on Xbox as well. And I'm pretty sure that that also is a reason why, because I believe that, you know, during the holidays, they had this whole thing where if you picked up an Xbox One X, then you got PUBG free also. So a lot of that stuff contributing to the situation. But uh, overall, just a very quick uh, question of whether or not you guys are surprised by the Xbox One X doing well, well, Xbox in general, because Microsoft normally combines those sales with the Xbox One, the S, and the uh, the X. But any surprises that that now they've outsold PS4 in December? It was also really cheap. There was a lot of huge discounts, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, Gary, any thoughts? I'm not really surprised at that because um, there wasn't really many high-profile releases in December, as far as I remember. And uh, of course, with PUBG coming out, which is already like you know a big game on PC, so word of mouth is a big thing. So the fact that the Xbox One X came out a few months back and people have been waiting for a game to play, it made sense that you know that would be the month where everybody would get both PUBG and the Xbox One X together so um it's not really that surprising and the switch still sold the most anyway didn't they uh yeah i think the switch sales were still good um yeah the switch still sold well you know they had mario out they had a xenoblade chronicles 2 which was also out so it still sold well um we, we, we probably should say, you know, just when the one console outsells the other, doesn't mean that the other consoles are slumping either. PlayStation 4 had sales too, and that sold well also. So um, it's it's uh, pretty sure all consoles are doing well right now, still. But, of course, Microsoft, you know, with the whole PUBG thing, and, again, for those that like PUBG, uh, yeah, they probably like to hear that news. You know, I haven't been playing PUBG too much, so I don't... You know, that part. Okay. Did... Well, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 that ahead. part did because it was very glitchy. Well, you know that this this is true. Um, they have released a lot of patches up to this point. Uh, the most recent patch, uh, uh you know, uh, you know, allowed the option for players to now use first person mode, which which is which is good. 
But, uh, you know, yeah, the game is still very much need to be fixed. The frame rate issue was still bad on the Xbox One. Even if you have the Xbox One X, you still have a, a few issues with that also. But, um, yeah, the game is still in preview. And and honestly, I mean, I don't want to be controversial here, but I, I'm going to say this. You know, obviously, when the game like this comes out, you know how popular the fan base is on PC. Uh, of course, I'm not really surprised that Microsoft outsold Sony. Uh, in December, because a lot of people are looking forward to that game, and let's also uh, address the fact that there there have been Microsoft did not have a good year last year for exclusive titles. So obviously, when a title like this comes out, I think you have to anticipate it's going to do well. Uh, and then, of course, when you add in the fact that the system was also on sale, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, so not really too much of of a surprise. I mean, as I said, I'm not really a huge PUBG fan, but I can understand why people like the game. And I'm happy for the developers that they're getting more people to check out their game. So that's good. But overall, not really too surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even on um, PC, PUBG isn't perfect. Like the netcode is really bad. Like um, sometimes it lags, sometimes it's a bit glitchy and stuff. But what really makes that game is just the encounters like the people you come across online and you know the um just the um the thrill of trying to be the last survivor in the game like that's really what makes that game fun and worth playing but um if you're talking like you know the the technical aspects there's a lot of games that are better polished than PUBG Absolutely. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, any other thoughts on this topic? You have any thoughts to share, Mr. Lugo? No, not on this. I think you guys covered it pretty good. Yeah, so, uh, congrats to Microsoft. Uh, hopefully, 2018 will be far better for them in terms of uh, titles. I know Sea of Thieves is dropping in March, so we'll see how that turns out. State of Decay 2 also coming out sometime this year. So uh, we'll see what happens with, with Microsoft. But, yeah, congrats on the Xbox sales and picking up PUBG. That was a very, very good thing for them to pick up. And now we'll see how they ride out this momentum into this new year. But uh, we'll see what happens. But um, I believe that concludes uh, our show for today. Uh, I don't know if you guys had any final shout-outs that you would like to give, as well as any final announcements. Uh, I believe you do have some shout-outs and an announcement to make as well, Mr. Lugo, so the floor is yours. Yeah, sure. So big shout-outs to everybody, obviously, in the chat that's been watching the live show and everybody else that checks it out on the Coalition YouTube channel later. We appreciate you guys. Uh, big shout-out to the patrons, always, always, as obviously, because you guys keep uh, showing us a lot of love, a lot of support. You keep allowing us to do all the great content that we keep trying to bring all of you. So I also want to give a big shout out and also kind of talk about this announcement that I made uh, two days ago. Uh, I'm going to give a big shout out to LumiCon, the Lumi Conventions, uh, because I'm actually going to be a guest at LumiCon this year in October. I'm going to be a special guest. I'm going to be an industry guest for the convention. I'm going to be there talking about the games industry, talking about gaming, talking about a whole bunch of stuff, what we do here on thecoalition.com. But I've worked with them in the past. I've covered a lot of their events uh, including ShadowCon. I've covered Holiday Matsuri recently this past December. 
and done a lot of other stuff, you know, together at various events that I've worked and got gone coverage here on the coalition.com. But this time they decided to invite me as an actual guest, you know, to be there and to speak with everybody in attendance and stuff. And it's pretty cool. I'm really excited. This is going to be the second time that I've been a guest at a convention down here locally in Florida. Uh, Lumicon is actually going to be in Tampa. It's going to be uh, three days. I believe it's the 25th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's a link that we have on the announcement that we did on the coalition. Now it has my picture and has the picture of the actual convention promo that they used for their website. It has a link to their website and a link to all their other pages that if you guys want to actually know more info about it, you guys could go there and check it out. Uh, if you're in the Tampa area in October, right before uh, Halloween, and you just got just want to come out, hang out, meet me there, check out some of the other stuff they got going on at the convention, including the Final Fantasy Ball, which is what they're doing again this year. It should be exciting. Uh, definitely check it out. I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be really dope and a different type of experience for me, kind of like how it was uh, back in November when I was a guest at Anime AY. But this is going to be a little bit bigger, even though it's not a huge grand convention. But nonetheless, something fun for all of us to do, something fun to be a part of. And I'm super excited about it. And I can't wait. Uh, and finally, also, just shout out to everybody else that has been checking out all the stuff that we've posted up on the Coalition uh, website, including all the unboxing videos I've been posting up, all the reviews we've just started out with the new year for 2018, all the other news posts that we put out, all the other content, the impressions, and the other videos that we've been posting up constantly since the start of the new year. So thank you. We appreciate it. And hopefully you guys continue to do so. Absolutely. And uh, yes, congrats on going to this new show. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing more about the show and seeing how the experience is. You'll definitely have to let everybody know about that as the year goes on. One thing I also I almost forgot to mention, we're also going to have some surprise content coming up later this week uh, on some stuff that I can't talk about just yet, but we all know here, or at least some of us know here that we're going to have later on in the week, uh, some new unboxings, hopefully new, some new reviews and a few other surprises, including TK Spotlight, which Again, I'm waiting for a couple more things to fall into place so we could have a really big, really exciting guest on the show. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. Hopefully I get to confirm a few things in the next few days. Absolutely. Yes, be on the lookout for that. Um, All right, well, I'll, 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 I'll go next. We'll come back to Dana. Oh, uh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Final shout-outs. Final shout-outs. Just you know, shout-out to everyone in the chat and everyone who listens and, and participates and, you know, reads the reviews and the videos that we do and, and everything else. So shout-out to them. And not shout-out to Time Warner Cable, who keeps to mess up my internet service. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to him also because he, he's doing a horrible job with that today. Uh, it's all good though. We, we, we good now. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna give a shout out to, of course, all the listeners, uh, whether they listen, if you had a chance to watch the show live or you listen later, we appreciate your continued support. Uh, I want to announce the winner of the Dragon Ball Fighter Z giveaway, and that is Nicholas Alvarez. So congrats. We will be in contact. All right, am I still here? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're back now. Man, yeah, you're that's, good. You're good. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know what's Random going stuff. 
Yeah, you know what I think it is. You know what I think it is. Somebody over there sleeping on the job. We need to smack them. We need to give them some uh, some extra coffee. They need I agree. To a nice big smack over there. That's right. You heard me. I agree, a hundred percent. But yeah, as I was saying, Nicholas Alvarez, congrats uh, on winning the Dragon Ball Fighter Z giveaway. We will be doing another giveaway soon. Uh, I would urge everybody to check out the website because it can happen at any time. Uh, this is a test for y'all, so make sure you keep your eyes on the site. But uh, thank you for the continued support. And uh, Gary, the floor is yours now. Yeah, so um, Nicholas Alvarez is actually one of our Patreon supporters. So yeah, big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters, and I'm going to list them all now. So shouts to M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelo and Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and Miguel. Thanks for your continued support. And shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today to interact with us live on the show. Um, I saw a couple new faces in there as well. Um, shouts to Fox Mamba. Um, she was very vocal during the, the conversation about David Cage. So big shouts to her. And uh, I also want to um, acknowledge Tatiana, our staff member, because um, she was at CES and um, she saw a lot of cool stuff over there. And I think she'll be having some content up on the site this week. So look out for that. Absolutely. Well, yes. So once again, thank you for the continued support and we'll talk to you all next week.